I have a story for you. Get ready for the raw, unscripted stories brought to you from our living rooms in real time as we go through life together. Three girls, I'm Angie. I'm Amber. I'm Celine. One big bottle of wine and special guest appearances that you don't want to miss. Guaranteed to be the most dramatic season yet. OMG. So Amber said, I just like want to jump in there before, but Amber was like, ha, fight or flight, you know, like you're not in combat or like, that's crazy. No, but we like always are, fight right? Or flight. They're right. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, we are just, I've heard it described too, as like, we have kind of an outdated nervous system that is based in survival responses that were really needed generations and generations and generations ago. Now we are pretty coddled as a society, right? Like we're safe most of the time, but we have a ton of information going on internally all the time that's saying to ourselves, get out of, you know, this is not safe. And so again, that's why I also just like work with that language of like telling your nervous system, your body, you're safe right now. Like this isn't, this isn't comfortable. This maybe isn't where you want to be. You can tolerate it knowing that you're safe. So like just to get so, so practical about it today. And like, I'd love to hear from you, like play with some of this, tell me if it's useful. Like I like work a lot with visualization. So like with, we could all just maybe actually, let's just take like 30 seconds We'll take a deep breath. And like, if you can locate, Celine was talking about locating like this kind of headache in the back of her head. And so I would, if we were in a session, what I would do, and she can just start to ask herself these questions too, but to ask, to visualize what that might look like. So if it had a color, a shape or a texture, or if there's an image or a metaphor that she could put to that, like maybe it's a fist kind of like grabbing a hold of the base of her head or something. And then really imagining that dissipating. So like just letting that tension just drain out, watching it kind of leave your body and externalize. So just like that's such a quick instant thing that you can do in that moment. Okay, I've noticed the sensation. That's the most thing, most important thing you can do. I'm noticing it. I need a minute in the bathroom before I go back to this table to join this date to actually just bring my body down. How can I just imagine this this sensation kind of leaving my body and not, not because what happens is we think, Oh fuck, fuck, fuck. This thing's happening in my head. Like not that, just not that. But then it gets louder because your body's like, no, you need to get through this date, get it together. Like pay attention to me. We're not going to survive if you don't notice this. (laughs) So you just, you have to develop that relationship with your body of like, okay, wait a minute. This is okay. My body's just, I'm just here to kind of check in with my body and safe. I don't want to make light of anything that's been said, but so this is a very like this is a much lighter topic, but um, Angie yeah. and I were talking about this last night. So I have been on a couple dates with a couple of different guys and there are a couple of them that are like definitely in that nice guy category, like who you would want for a husband or a father, you know, just kind of check those boxes. Um, and then there's one in particular who is kind of the fun guy, right? He's the the party boy, like just fun and like not not a bad guy, but just different than the other two as far as, you know, he's probably trying to be more physical too soon and just stuff like that. Um, but when it comes to being physical, I have been like really holding back on like the nice guys. But with the other guy, I'm I mean you know, I still haven't done anything, but I'm way more comfortable. Like it's, if it were to happen, I think I, 
I'm okay with it. Like if, if we did up, I would just be like, oh, whatever, we hooked up. But with the other, with the two or, well, yeah, the two like nice guys, I'm like, oh no, got to be like very, like a lot more conservative and whatever. And we were kind of talking about, is that, is but that it's not, hang on, just to clarify, it's not you trying to be conservative because you're also being conservative with the other guy. Right, right. It's, it's more, you're just not as attracted to them in that way because you're afraid that they'll get, with this that. is what you said. You're afraid that they'll get too attached. Right. And you don't know that you want that. And so you're like, Ugh. so it's just like not as well, easy. I think that in my mind, I'm like trying to, I'm almost like protecting, I feel like I'm protecting them as like, okay, I don't want to give them that green light because I'm still dating multiple people. And so I don't want to, I don't know, but I think the one party guy wouldn't care. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're single for a long time, I think that's a hard thing. I don't know if psychologically this is something, but we've talked about this, you know, when you're alone, um, you know, the more you become comfortable with it and it's like, oh my gosh, to, to lose my freedom again and not be, to have to date one person or whatever, if you feel that, which, you know, Amber, I think in your situation, it could be part of that. You, you're losing that, you're losing your freedom and your ability to just travel and go everywhere. And you're giving that up for other things, but maybe there's not someone that was really just worth that yet, but they're the, the, the more relaxed guy is just easier. You don't have to stress about that commitment where the other guys are like, wow, this could be, this could be serious. You know, that was kind of what I was saying before too. Like you run from some of those things sometimes out of fear. Yeah. So wait, let me like break this up though. So just like another quick reminder of this thing, cause it's just a tool that now you all have in your toolbox. It's so tempting to be like, I know this person, I know the circumstance, I know these conversations, I have something to offer them that's going to be helpful. So let's just check in with Amber and say like, were any of those, did those resonate in a way that felt helpful or what you needed to hear? In that? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are being helpful. No, um, as I'm telling her what she's saying is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, you guys are like, I know her. Way I, I've said that term. Like, yeah, but that's not what you said before. So Angie, I yeah. feel you. <laughs> well, yup. Well, cause I thought when you said you reacted to them, I was like, no, no, no. Like I would totally sleep with pilot. Like that's not the issue. I, I am attracted to him. It's not that. And then I realize what you're saying, but like yeah. I'm attracted to them. I wouldn't be like spending that much time with them, but I think I, yeah, I definitely am. And yeah, I'm just not as comfortable, like relaxing and being, I don't know, maybe just not, not relaxing with them. I don't know. My, I'm just, again, just getting everyone, probably including myself to slow down. Like one of the hardest things for me about being a therapist is exactly what you're all struggling with today or not even struggling, just doing. It's like you have this answer and you get pumped about it and you're like, wait, I know this thing that you said and I, it's yeah. going to be helpful. You, I'm going to crack this code. <laughs> and it's like, it's so, well, it's rough. I do it in session and I'm just like, oh shit, I'm like way too excited about this. Let me just down. To interrupt back. you so, really quick. It's because they both know that I'm going to do whatever I want to do anyways. They exactly. can do whatever they right. want, but anyways. Okay. But yeah. I would love to yeah. hear your response so I mean I don't know I also thought like Andrea and I talked about this but I was like I love giving dating advice which is like something I'm like really trying not to do and I like I don't give advice and so like like I, that's not my job and so when someone comes in with dating advice I get like really excited like, okay, here's your moment like, this is- I got lots of questions okay so you're, I'm like, here's my moment this is like totally unsolicited we could be here does anyone have anything day. else to do today <laughs> so um, this is feels so good to be useful <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm serious. We could talk to you all day. So whenever you- Angie's going to, I'm going to 
trade unsolicited dating advice for you, Angie, for your technical support. I really need, I need you to like pump me up about starting my podcast and I can't do it. Done. I wish I had something to offer you. You you all do. (laughs) This enthusiasm is like going to get me through today. I'm so, I'm like, I need human contact. This is great. Angie, um, we're doing a, a dating intervention for Angie because she has she's been single for like Oh my God. Years, so. Yes. You can join that conversation anytime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've got, okay. I've got this okay. in like a therapist way. Ready? The like okay. new motto for dating, which you can mm-hmm. all like decorate in your apartment, right on your bathroom mirror with lipstick. Oh like God. Live, laugh, love. No. <laughs> is uncomfortable, not unsafe. So Angie, you're not saying it out loud, but you're doing this whole risk assessment with all these guys, right? It's like, if I sleep with this one now, what's going to happen if I... Oh, wait, you're talking about Amber. I mean, Amber, not Angie. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, Angie, who you sleep with? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely. Wait, what? Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm telling details. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, okay, so, so I think with all this, though, like we talked about resilience in the beginning, right? And like one of my favorite metaphors for resilience too is like when you talk about getting in really good shape, it's like you can't, you literally cannot get into better shape with a certain, without a certain level of like discomfort, right? Like you're going to need to lift weights. You're going to need to, you're going to need to stress the system to a certain degree to come out the other side, like looking and feeling better. Right. So you're not as shitty as it sounds, but maybe as freeing as it sounds like dating and entering into these next steps in a relationship is going to come with discomfort, right? Like it's just, it's going to challenge those systems and potentially everybody's going to come out the other side or move through it with a level of increased awareness or agency or just feeling like you can manage that. Like the goal is we want it to be tolerable, but we still want it to be, it's going to be new. And I think like, that's the thing that is so, I totally have a podcast to recommend to you. It's one of my favorite therapists in the world who I'm just obsessed with started a podcast and talked about the vulnerability of starting new things and how What's the podcast called? It's called Unlocking Us. The therapist is Brene Brown. Oh, we love Brene Brown. Yeah, there we I go. do. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, I, I love her so much. Okay. So she has this, she does a first episode of this podcast and just frames this thing so perfectly. She's like, we all hate doing things for the first time. She describes it. She calls them FFTs first fucking time. We're just like in the level of vulnerability. And like, if, and you all grew up like having to survive complicated things. Like, again, you're not, we're not talking about a war zone, but emotionally kind of like you had to take care of your own needs in different ways. You had to manage really complicated things. So all of a sudden when you're in a really new place, it feels vulnerable often to the point of it feeling like radically unsafe. But this part of you now that's older can kind of step in and be like, you know what? I can tolerate this. I need to be gentle with myself. I need to support myself in a different way. But yeah, this is going to be pretty uncomfortable. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing for Amber right now is like, and for all of you, I feel like is to to go into this with like a level of awareness and to just like check in with that awareness. Like maybe you go out on a date and then you actually just like write in a journal about it. You don't read it over. You don't tell anyone that you wrote in it. You don't like, it's not a diary. You don't even like do anything with it. You just take a minute to like sit down and actually just go through, okay, like the date went pretty good. I like the way he looks. I like the way he sounded. I like what he came to the table with this one thing happened. It just really grossed me out. And here's what it felt like in my body. Here's, here was the moment. And here's all this stuff that it's like bringing up for me. And then you get to actually go into the next one and be like, you know what? I can, I can tolerate that. Like it's uncomfortable. It's not radically unsafe. 
Like I can notice that and then move forward or I cannot notice it and just make a decision that's totally directed by all this phys- all the physical sensation behind it, right? So me writing my name with their last name just over and over and over again is not what I'm supposed to be doing because... No, Don't think so. Don't <laughs> let me find that. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And you know, I just had a thought when you said the, the first fucking time. Um, I actually think I really like <laughs> the first like date. Like, you know, I, I thrive on that. Yeah. I think it's the... I get weird when it's like, oh my God, are we going to Netflix and chill like forever? Because this is awful. Like it's going back to what Celine says about, you know, getting in that long-term relationship. And it's like, I want to skip the dating part and go right to the marriage part. You know, like if we're married with kids and we're doing that, that sounds great. But the hamster wheel of like just dating sounds weird to me. And it's It's even worse now. Yeah. But also let me just like weigh in as someone who's in a really happy, healthy marriage. Like it is not Netflix and chill for a lifetime is like not yeah, cool or no, I, It just is what it is. It's just like <laughs> a lifetime of exactly what it sounds like. So might as well just like buy the bullet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, well, it's, it's not endless Netflix and chill. <laughs> But like, no, it, well, it, it kind of is though. As Alex is saying, she it was is. saying it is. Oh, yeah. oh God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what else are you doing? Never getting married. I don't, no, no. Here's I'm gonna Netflix so, and chill on a plane somewhere. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, so my parents were, you know, till death do you part. My mom worked for my dad. They're both really um, big parts of like um, the state of Florida Republican Party. Like, they traveled together. They did everything together. They were each other's partner. They and, were awesome. Yeah. So I had a really great representation of that. And then my sister is married to a man has three kids all 20 months apart, like, and they are doing it like they, you know, everyone has their own struggles and that sort of thing, but I have great. And then my cousins, like all of them have these great relationships. So it's always been kind of funny that I'm the black sheep. That's like, I know I, know I want that. I want the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and the dog and the cat and all these things. But it's like, I kind of either gone to the guy that we've talked about, the guy that maybe is that party dude or the one that's not necessarily representative of a good husband and a good father. I'm not saying that party guys can't be good husbands and good fathers. I'm just saying they're not necessarily the stereotype. Um, if you whip them, they can be. <laughs> but, uh, so and then like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then like the, the guys that maybe would fit that stereotype, I just get kind of like, meh, okay, this is fine. You know? And, yeah, I'm just not attracted to I don't them. I don't put the effort. I don't put the effort into it maybe. No, but but you are I'm watching her put in the effort. So there's two guys that she's been talking to for a few weeks now. You've gone on multiple dates whether they're social distancing dates, you know, or virtual dates or whatever they are. But you're making an effort. You're going on these dates, you're doing she's being such a respectful of herself dater just to give Amber some props right now. She's equally with the party boy too. She goes over there or, you know, whatever they do together and she gives a certain time. So she'll be there a few hours. They'll ask her to stay. She always says no. They do nice things for her. They cook her dinner. They give her flowers and yeah, I'm three for three as far as dinner and not them two for three for flowers, three for three for dinner. Right. So I'm she's, doing good. <laughs> she's doing the dating game very well and very respectful, respectfully. So it's not that you're not trying. Okay. Can I, can I jump in? Yes. I have a yes. thing to say, which is that, so something is going on. Here's like my gut. And this is like, you should take the mic away from me. Cause I'm just like, I love No, we want to hear it all. <laughs> we want to hear it But all. like, well, here's what I want to come back to, which is at, the beginning of this conversation, Angie told a really 
gave us like a really intimate picture of something that happened in childhood, which is she goes over to the house and it's like, I'm going to use this to talk about other things today because she goes into the house and she knows, she knows they can't see in her bedroom through their kitchen. Like she knows she's not safe, but they're telling her something different. And I just feel like I just want to universalize that experience so much because I think that, you know, there are degrees to which this happens. And I think, but I think that we generally are in a society that like does not do well. And you all are in the South. So I'm going to more, I think it's more intense down there. And I like coming from someone who was working in the South for quite a bit of time doing therapy, but you know, people are not super comfortable with a wide range of emotion. And there's a lot of information we constantly get about figuring out what we need outside of ourselves and looking for that answer externally, or having a really clear internal response, and then not being able to just lean into that and trust it. And so what I hear kind of more than anything from Amber in this question is like, she has strong convictions. She actually knows somewhere underneath all these layers of conditioning or what her sister's doing or what her mom's doing or what her roommate says or all of these things. There's somewhere in there that I feel like she can lean in and really listen to herself. And you, she needs to make time for that. She needs to make space for that. But the answer is going to come from touching into that way more. And I think that that's something that, again, I, I just think is so universal, like as women, as people who survive complicated childhoods as just women in this phase of life as single women, as family, whatever. I think we, if we have survived difficult things, which I in reality think is many of us, most of us, all of us, we often find a hard time, have a hard time just kind of coming back to center and saying, this is actually my belief about this. And then, you know, we, and that's so normalized that it's like, you almost, you can't even, it's so affirmed and so normal that you can't even see it clearly. So it's like, I would say just like, what, what's that that you can do within this? Like underneath the initial, like, oh, he's a nice guy. And like, I'm not into him underneath. I should be married at this point, or I should get settled down. Like what voice are you kind of dismissing on a regular basis? Because that's going to be like your way home and your way through it. I think it's like, I know, and, and this might come back to like, none of these guys are the one for me. And maybe that's ultimately what's wrong, not wrong, but like what's going on. But whenever we're talking about like my comfortable factor, it's like, I feel like I, I enjoy my time with them. I'm not getting, you know, tightness in my chest or getting freaked out necessarily. But when it gets to be taking that to the next level, it's like, I, I almost feel protective of the ones that I think might get more serious quicker than the one that probably is never going to be serious with me. It's like, I, I feel more comfortable with the fact of like, oh, he's fine. He can take care of himself. And it's like, I almost feel protective of the ones that I think might fall harder I'm, quicker. I'm going to say this I because I know you. Sorry. I'm going to say something really quick because yeah. I feel like it's important, Alex, and I want you to comment on it. Yeah. I think that there's a subconscious part of you because you know how attached you can get very quickly and how much you can fall in love and fall hard and fall real fast. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're afraid of yourself, that there's a part of you that knows that once you cross a certain point or you can start to go in real hard and real quick and then say, want to send out, save the dates. And I, I think that there's a part of you that's- Oh, I have them saved already, all three. Just maybe. To- I, I believe you. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like there's a part of you that's, as much as you want to protect them, I think I feel like you subconsciously want to protect yourself. Yeah, but I think I want to protect myself from getting into something that might not be like the right thing for me because I'll probably stay in 
something that's just okay and comfortable for a lot longer just because it's okay. And I could stay in the most okayest relationship for so long. And then a year goes by, two years go by, and I'm like, oh man, what was that? That was well said because I disagree with you, Celine. I don't think either one of these guys is someone, the, the ones that she's referring to, the more vanilla white oh, bread, no, I'm not white bread them. guys. I'm not no. them. I just mean her. Oh, in general. I'm just saying mm-hmm. in this particular situation that we're talking about, I don't see Amber getting attached to either one of those guys. Like, I, I don't see her. I don't even. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just think, so I guess to respond first to what Celine said, I think like it can be both, right? Like all these things can be true. And I think that's something to just throw out another little thing I do in therapy all the time as a therapist. It's like, and things I do in my own life, it is so hard for two conflicting things to be true. So like, it could be true that you want to take care of their feelings and also that you want to take care of your own feelings. (laughs) And like, that's okay. Like those feel like they could be in contradiction, but like typically we move into like a more black and white thinking with something. It's really hard to hold. Like right now, it's really hard to just be content and happy in our homes. And then also know that there's like this massive crisis going on and we have to, this is a major opportunity to just practice the duality of that. That's something that our brain doesn't like and doesn't really struggles with. And it's like two things at once or two conflicting things that we have to hold at once. And it's very difficult. So I mean, I think all, so the simple, the simple thing I want to respond to is just like, I think all of this can be true. I just, I think like there's that fleeting second there where you're like, maybe none of them are just right. And it's like, yeah, maybe you just like didn't listen. Like that sounded like you just letting this tiny little voice inside of you underneath all of it. That was just like, maybe I don't actually see it with any of them. And I don't mean go break up with them now. I think you have to listen to all the layers that are there. And I think you have to slow down and really want to reflect as much as you can on just on what it's like for you and, and like reflect in a way that's based a little more on like your relationship with yourself. Like, okay, what am I really feeling here? And how do I give this an opportunity and like practice listening to my gut? Cause I think that's going to make the healthiest partnerships, the healthiest marriages, like the healthiest families. And I think all of you and each of you can just lean into the fact that there's something important and maybe meaningful about not finding that partner yet. You know, maybe that it's happening this way sort of um and allowing for different opportunities for you to get to know yourselves and what you what you really want. That's definitely how I feel. I feel like this season of patience is was kind of built into my life. I think it was just planned for me and it's just part of my growth as a human. In this season where I've been single, I have really grown as an individual, not only learning myself better on a personal level, but also in my career, I've been learning. I haven't just been going to work and going home. Like I've been really, really digging into my career um, and even expanding past my career, such as in podcasting. And I feel like if I were in a relationship, the way I am in relationships is I get really invested in those relationships and we do a lot of things together. And I feel like I'm being protected so that I can have this time for myself. That's really nice. Yeah. I just <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> no, I like, love it. I'm just like, great. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, we can totally move on from this. But so I, when I was an athletic trainer in sports medicine, I, I loved my job and I was really good at it. But I would change location. So I'd be doing the same thing. I did the same type of job for a decade, but I like I worked at a hospital, then I worked at a high school for I think that I've only had two jobs 
for more than a year out of that decade. So I always would just change positions because I'm like, okay, I once it kind of when, when I went into a situation, I evaluated how it was and I wanted to make it better. So I would go make that particular sports medicine program better or, you know, help that team or whatever it was. And then I was like, all right, peace out. I got something else. I want to do something else. And just so, doing like sniper work. Yeah. And so it's like, maybe that's just how I am. I think I've done that maybe with my relationships as little, a little bit too. Like, okay, I'm going to date you. What can we get from each other? How can we make each other better? What can I gain from this? And then, all right, peace out. Like, this is cool. Like, let me go. And I was like, oh crap, I'm doing that in my career. I've done that. In, but now I've changed careers over a little bit over a year ago. Work remote. It's a lot more like I can do it from anywhere. So I don't have that anxiety of I'm in the same spot. I'm on this hamster wheel. I'm, you know, whatever it is. I, I don't have that anymore. I can do it from wherever. I can travel. I can be with my family. I can be with my friends and do all these things because I'm working, working remotely. And I own my own company. So there's a little bit more freedom with that. And so I think I maybe thought that that was going to be my solving piece of the puzzle that now that I have more freedom with my job, then everything's going to kind of like fall in line in my personal life too. Not that things were like in such disarray, but I guess I'm speaking more about, you know, finding that husband figure and that sort of thing. But yeah, I wonder if that kind of correlates. That is really interesting. We've never talked about that. Well, just to to weigh in, like just again, so briefly, just like a theme to maybe think about too, is that I think we're all talking, we're talking about two different things. One, I think that relationships challenge you in a really specific way. And I think it's maybe helpful to go into them with like that kind of awareness that there's like a level of intimacy and a level of like repeating patterns and understanding of yourself. That's really different than say an employment circumstance, but I don't know, I guess I don't even know that I believe what I just said. Maybe we're all just repeating. (laughs) Maybe we're all just repeating patterns in all these different places. But I think one of the most helpful ways for me to think about it in my own life or with clients too, is just like, if we think about a lot on kind of a systemic level, then we can kind of gain some clarity. Like if you were working, it makes sense. Like if you were working this like crazy chaotic job and you were just like constantly stressed and on high alert and in fight or flight or whatever, if it was that part of your career, you might be more attracted to like the steady Eddie, you know, and just feel kind of more comfortable in that. I am stealing steady Eddie. That is, I've never heard that. And I just, I know I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) It's vanilla's new nickname. (laughs) We have this guy that we call vanilla or white bread because he's We make up nicknames for the guys that Amber dates on the podcast to save their identity. Yeah, I've been there. Been there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the point is like that I think if you kind of think about where there's balance or like off balance, sometimes you're, I think you're kind of compensating on like a whole level when you're kind of looking for more excitement or less excitement or just trying to balance the whole system sometimes. Like I notice that when. I don't know. Like I just having a young child, there's such an intensity to that. And so it give it fills you up in like really like massive profound ways, but then takes up so much of your time that there are other areas of your life that you feel like get kind of um, barren or like, I don't know. My point is that I think like it, that looking at looking at your dating life and your career and just kind of imagining the interplay of the two could be really helpful too. Like maybe you're sometimes to notice that sometimes you're going to be looking for more excitement in one when there's less excitement in the other is like, makes sense, right? Right. No, it definitely makes sense. And do you think that balance is something that you're always going to be seeking or that is important? Or is that just like a, a me, is that a me thing? There's a lot of different things that come to mind. But one of the things that I think a colleague said this, and she was talking about how we love, we love to talk about balance in life. 
and I just used it. I was like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to talk about an imbalance here and imbalance there. And it's like, it's not really like it all happens like on a seesaw, right? It's so, it's kind of a ridiculous concept. It's like, if you could balance and you could just add more here or take away here, and then everything would just be balanced. And she had this kind of aha moment. I think she was just talking about her own life. And it just, it really stuck with me. So maybe there's something that could be helpful in it here, but she was just talking about how it's really more about just harmony, that these systems like have to work together and kind of uphold each other. But I do, I think that that is like a lifelong process, right? It's not like you just, harmony kind of evokes this thing of like, okay, throughout my life, I'm going to be checking in and checking in again and figuring out what's working or what needs adjustment. And that's, again, to go back to our original point, it's just like, when you think about it like that, isn't therapy just such a helpful thing like why would we why wouldn't we just get some support in that because it's such a it's work like it's hard it's hard work right so I love that when I go back to what Celine was saying about and kind of what I was touching on too about the like being scared of the relationship I like the harmony when it goes with that because Celine I think you you mentioned almost feeling trapped and it's like you know the goal being that you're going to find somebody that you know, obviously you're not going to feel the exact same way all of the time, but like they are going to ebb and flow. You are going to ebb and flow and like have that work together. And so it's like, you're never going to be looking for an escape. You're just looking for a way that we can improve what's going on. Right, right, right. Right. And then that's going to come with your, the more aware you are kind of stepping into whatever that relationship is, the more think about how much greater your potential for success is, right? When you turn away from this stuff, it's kind of, it's, you're kind of going in a little blind and trying to feel it out. And when you turn towards it, you're like, okay, I can kind of arm myself and figure, figure the right tools sort of to make the best decisions for me or the healthiest decisions for me. That's so awesome. Thanks, Alex. You're awesome. Thank you for being here. And Oh, wait, I have one more question. Um, just cause I, I was really curious to talk to you about this because you're a trauma therapist mm-hmm. unrelated to anything we've been talking about, but I think it's so interesting, the idea of suppressed memories. Mm-hmm. And so have you ever had an experience with a trauma patient where all of a sudden they remember something that happened that they completely forgot about? And the reason I'm asking is because I wonder if there's anything like that in my life that I just haven't thought about because I, my brain has suppressed it. And I'm wondering like, if there has been something like that, is there a way to bring it to the surface? That's happened to me. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So, um, not fun, not abnormal, not again, like not extreme, just reality, just all of us surviving. Let's just normalize this. And just the goal today too, I think for me is to just like Hopefully this feels, this conversation feels empowering. That's like my goal. I want for each of you to feel like you have these internal answers and these resources. You just need a little bit more information to access them. And so, um, I mean, so Angie, just to answer that from just a, a, the clearest perspective that I can, indeed, that happens all the time. I think essentially what happens if you're under any stress in childhood, which is like, I don't know. I mean, I hope my daughter grows up without stress, but that's just not possible. And we kind of need stress to function. We need to learn how to manage stressful situations. So it doesn't really help us to to moderate that to an extreme degree, right? We're all surviving stressful experiences. And depending on the, like how we are built fundamentally and how we respond to stress, sometimes that can kick off more of like the fight or flight or freeze response. And we need to, use a lot, a lot of energy, an extreme amount of energy just to, to kind of get through the day. And our brain starts recording, records memory in different ways. And our brain 
does things to just protect us, right? Like if something is just incredibly overwhelming, we put it in a place where it's just, it's not entering into consciousness every day because we couldn't go through life every day thinking about the worst things that have ever happened to us and just be comfortable from there, right? So um, that happens all the time. I don't think it's not at all abnormal to like not have a lot of memory from childhood or to not have any memory from childhood or to not, I mean, there people go through stressful things and your brains and your bodies just kind of adapt to figure out the way through it. What I think is really fascinating, and here's a lot of what I do, I sent, I think I sent Angie a TED talk about this process of accelerated resolution therapy. And what it actually is, is it is literally like, when I get really pumped about it, I call it like crazy sci-fi shit. It's, it works with literally editing a memory. And so what it does is it helps you go back. What we, the way we, what we know now about memory is that memories are kind of like computer files. They're really not fixed. And every time we retrieve one, we typically kind of make an adjustment to it. It doesn't mean that your memory didn't happen, but it means that maybe you have like edited it or likely we've all kind of edited a memory along the way. Like maybe you have this really vivid memory of like you get this pink tricycle and you're wearing a blue dress and it's summer and you're in the grass and your mom was there and your dad was there. And like, if we could play it on a recorder, like on a video camera, there would be like 10 of those details would be incorrect, but maybe like two of them would be. And then as more time goes on, the more subject to change the memory is. So uh, my point, what's my point there with memories resurfacing or not resurfacing. I think if there's stuff that you don't remember or you worry, just to answer, I don't know if this is your question, but I'm just going to, if there's stuff that you worry you haven't remembered or you are like, did something terrible happen to me that I don't know about? I mean, I would say definitely do not go looking, do not go on some kind of treasure hunt for that. Right Good. Now. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. I would say there's hard. no reason to dig it up. No. Well, nope. First, it's, it's, okay. it's entirely unsafe for you in this moment. And also, so that's a, a big goal today for me to like not have talked about this so much to the degree that you all leave here thinking about things to a really overwhelming degree. And you're each welcome to follow up with me at any point if you just want to ask another question or just ask me about something. But yeah, you don't, I mean, I'm going to say do not, based on the ways that I'm talking about trauma, do not go on a treasure hunt looking for the worst things that have ever happened to you. Just know know that for anyone who's been through stressful situations, memory isn't this thing we thought it was, where it's just you go here and you retrieve it or it's hiding under something and it's haunting you in some hard way. We all have that. We can't all be aware of every single one of our experiences and how they're stored within us. But they're really cool, really special forms of therapy that help you deal with images from memory like that or just what we were talking about with this body sensation. So when you have a really intense physical sensation that doesn't match what's currently happening in front of you. So there are ways to think about really hard things without the same bodily response. And that comes with body work or somatic work or this accelerated resolution. It's a bilateral stimulation process in your brain that just helps your body kind of basically kind of turn down or turn off kind of the volume on all that input from your body that's associated with the memory. So yeah, I mean, just know that this stuff is hard and like life is hard and it's normal to have some confusion around that. And that's, it's a really great reason to feel really connected to a highly trained person who can help you manage that safely because, and I love how Celine started this conversation and talked about how like sometimes that's just a really painful process too. And yeah, that's probably why people want to stay away from it. The idea is like, just like working out at the gym, it's like, it's not as simple as like, well, don't do it. And then 
you arrive where you want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, so true. There's so value. There's value. In it's worth there. it. It's yeah. worth the workout. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah I really. The end goal, right? Well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, Alex. thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. We really uh, appreciate you taking your time to to be with us today. Is there anything, Alex, that you wanted to share that we didn't get to touch on? No, I just, I'd love to, I'd love to keep in touch. Angie, I'd love to ask, I'll ask for pick your brain at some point, hoping I can get my podcast off the ground. I need like a launch date and a podcast and a thing to talk about this stuff. But, um, Alex, what's your info? Like how can, if someone would like to get a hold of you, how, how can they reach you for a session? And are you doing Zoom therapy sessions currently? Yeah. So here's how things work in gen. So, um, your first question is how do people reach me? I have just started an Instagram kind of just talking about some of this stuff and making a little bit of artwork about it because a lot of what I do uses visualization and artwork as well. So I kind of collected that at a, uh, at an Instagram account and I called it trauma remedy. I'm going to launch a podcast with that name trauma remedy Everybody can follow me there. You can always send me a DM there and I will write you back anytime. I am accepting new clients right now in the state of New York. So if you're not a therapist, you probably don't know that therapy happens according to state legislation. So meaning that there are different guidelines across state lines. So you have to practice with people in your state. So, um, for New York state, if somebody calls me today, depending on what they're managing. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't know, like all of us, I really didn't know how long this would last. And so I'm not even, I don't even have a clear answer if I got like five call, phone calls tomorrow, if I'd want to take them on or not, because I think the in-person stuff is just feels better. But the goal of me starting a podcast or an Instagram would be to just have some more meaningful conversations, just getting this information out there in a really accessible way, you know? And I I really do feel like, I feel like I can do that. I feel like I can not make it fun, but just, just make it accessible. Like just how, you know, this is hard to talk about. It's kind of breaks down in complicated ways. And I love that I can make it more accessible. And so my goal is to do that with Instagram or with a podcast. And I just don't, um, I'm just not there yet with sort of spreading it. So if you, can tell anybody you know about me I would love you to spread the word and I'd love to do maybe Q&As like this or consultation or just mostly people are like I think I need therapy I don't know what kind of therapy I need or I don't know what's available I can talk a lot about kind of the somatic so guidance towards that yeah kind of like just talking I have a lot of really specific knowledge about like, okay, I want to go to therapy, but I don't even know what therapy is. And I don't even know what I'm dealing with. And I don't know where I'd want to start. I could tell you like 10 different ways that you could approach that. That might be one might be more helpful than the other. So you might really like this memory process I was talking about, or you might really want to talk with someone who, um, who's more based in like the body stuff I was talking about, or there's so many different channels for that. So um, yeah. So te- technically if someone's listening to this and they wanted to talk to you about something and they're not in New York, they could slide into your DMS with, um, maybe a subject that they want to talk about and potentially you could use it as a podcast episode. Yeah, I think so. That would a therapist. Be, yeah, that would be really great. Um, I would love that.
Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been, this has been awesome. And we'll definitely either slide into the DMS later or definitely, <laughs> I'll just like have to have you on again that and let great. us, please let us know when you launch your podcast. We'll make sure yes, that yes. everyone on our Instagram knows we have about 20 followers, 30, <laughs> 30, including my of mom. And <laughs> I love it. As of now, oh, I love your page. It's so great. Oh my God. I'll take any feedback. It's so humiliating. I like, have three Instagram accounts, so you're going to get all three of my followers. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's just so I, yeah. Humiliating is I should maybe be more resilient than this, but I find it's so hard to just start out and kind of put yourself out there. And it's just way harder than I thought to you're not first alone. fucking time. You're not first alone. Fucking every time, single, Alex, right? every single person deals with that. You're, you're not alone at all. So and awkward. someone, one, like, um, this girl I know is like really awesome in marketing. She just told me you have to, you know, post things and share things like you have a million followers. Yeah. It's not, yeah. you just have to tell yourself that because we psych ourselves out so easily mm-hmm. and you, you know, it's just, I mean, I think, I mean, I do, and I know other people that do as well. And yeah. you can't let, you can't let anything get you down because you, you have valuable information to share, especially you, you know, so you just have to know and trust the value of your content and what you have and know that people will share it and it's, it's valuable and it's, you know, you're, you're doing something to help others. And that's, that's huge in itself. So I was just telling Alex that yesterday, actually about this podcast is I was, I've been spending almost a year prepping to launch another podcast, just trying to get it perfect and trying to get everything, you know, set in a timeline and all the different things that go into launching a podcast, if you really make it complicated. But this one, the three of us, Amber, me and Celine we're all just like sitting around drinking wine and we're like, Oh, let's start a podcast. And we threw it up and <laughs> we put up our first episode that next day. And we've been going ever since. And it's just been so eye opening to me knowing, and people say this all the time, like just go and you can fix it as you go along. And that's what we've been doing. And Alex, that's what I was encouraging you to do with your podcast. So hopefully it's up sooner than you might've thought. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think the struggle is like, I just had a couple, when we talk about like nervous system stuff, I like, sometimes just get so excited about something and then I just jump in and do it. And then I'm like, and then I look back later and I'm like, fuck, why did I just, I rushed into it. So now, and now I'm so confused with the pandemic too. I'm just like, how do I even, but in any case, I think that, I don't know, this is fun. And I just want to engage with like smart people who are care about themselves and the world and like, great, let's just do more of this. And like, tell me, I would love to hear from you. Like, seriously, if you want to, in like a, week you want to tell me that something resonated or a month or a year like it would make me really happy to hear if I said something helpful so yeah we'll did. I, took, I took notes on I'll some of the things you said cool. <laughs> I'll be calling you back cool. <laughs> I took notes so much bye guys thank you <laughs> thank so you much. Alex bye. Bye. thank you love you bye we know that you're constantly on the go, so we appreciate anything you can possibly do to help spread the word about this podcast. Screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram story, tag I Have a Story podcast, and let us know what in particular you were able to take away from today's episode. Because just maybe if you found something valuable in today's content, someone else might too. So we really, really appreciate those shares. We want to know what you want from this podcast. Send us an email at ihaveastory.info at gmail.com or a voicemail at 629-777-6097. Let us know what topics you want to hear covered or what guests you think might have interesting stories to share. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen. 
Higher ratings and good reviews mean more visibility so we can keep sharing content to keep you entertained. Trust us, we have so much more to go over and friends to hear from, but we're going to have to save it for later. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.